You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we have Natalie Moore joining us from Launceston area. Welcome Natalie. Hey, hey. Thanks how, for having me back. How are you this morning? <laughs> Not too bad. How are you? Good. Now, we're live today. Normally, we record your programs, but uh, yes. we're live. And we've also got Carmelina in the studio. Welcome, Carmelina. Hello. Thank you for having me. Good, good to have you here as well, Carmelina. <laughs> it's good to be here. So, Natalie, we're on to you, uh, part two of um, There's Something About Haggai. And uh, we'll get into that soon. But uh, tell us what you've been up to. Uh, not much. It's school holidays for us in Tassie. I know that um, some Victorians have gone back to school this week, but holidays just started for us, and that's really nice. Because then last term was a bit crazy with working four days a week and juggling our businesses and everything else, so it's nice to have a bit of rep- a reprieve from that. But uh, just trying to take it a little bit easy and soak in a lot of uh, time with my girl, um, because, yeah, little does she know, in two weeks' time, we're back into the swing of school and hopping houses for babysitting so she's gonna really love that <laughs> well, it gets busy again so mm. um natalie last week we talked about haggai part one and uh, our listeners can go back and have a listen to that if they missed it you can catch that on the faith fm website that's faithfm.com.au or you can download the faith fm australia app um from the app store whether you use an apple phone or a, a iphone or whether you've got an Android phone, you can download that app from the App Store. So uh, go do that, and you can listen to all our past episodes. Um, do you want to give us a bit of a, a recap on what we did last week? Absolutely. So we were introduced to Haggai, of course, and we learned that Haggai was the prophet to the post-exilic remnant of Israel, which Lots of jargon there, but it simply means those of the Israelite nation who survived captivity under Babylon. Um, So basically, they're returning to rebuild their lives, their homes, their community, and in fact, the nation as a whole. Mm. And as they're doing so, God has a message for them through Haggai. Now, just... um before this period of time, because this week we, I know we mentioned this last, last week, um, mm. Haggai was uh, speaking through this chapter, um, or the message in this chapter was given at around 520 BC, and I think probably up to the end of this second chapter maybe, well actually going on, the where, where they were rebuilding the temple, I think the, the temple was actually rebuilt by 516 BC, so four years uh, after this message, the temple was completed. But, um, yeah, going back a little bit before then, I think it was in about 538 BC that the first mission was sent out from Babylon, the, the first uh, mission to go and start rebuilding the temple. So uh, it's interesting that, uh, from from my perspective, that from 538 to 520, the uh, the command was given to go and rebuild the temple, but all they'd managed to achieve at this point was the foundation. So they hadn't got far at that time. Um, and uh, Haggai comes along to, I guess, reinvigorate them <laughs> with a with a, a message of motivation. Perhaps is that the way you see it? 
It's kind of funny that you said it took a long time. They didn't get very far because I feel like, and I know people still talk about COVID and everything else and how it shook construction and it's been a boom and it's been terrible and it's been everything. But I feel this so deeply inside my soul because we have a construction business Mm. and, you know, we have plans and this and that and things go awry and it's so easy to get discouraged when, you know, you can't find the tradesmen that you need to come in and do the next stage of the build or you can't find the resources or the materials or the financial backing isn't there and, like, all of the things that can come up and go wrong. I mean, to have that, whether you're the client and hoping to, you know, move into your house by a certain date or you're the actual builder who's going, I really want to get my client into their house by a particular day so I can get paid, Mm. it's so discouraging and hard to deal with and then i can only imagine how it would feel i mean for these guys they're rebuilding like their place of worship Mm. which they haven't had for a long time they haven't had that connection with god but i can also understand how they could get distracted it's like well we haven't had it for so long yeah really need it i think though if they if you read um there's a cross reference over here into ezra chapter four um it actually describes a situation where the Samaritans of the area were actually quite opposed to the rebuilding of this temple. And, uh, well, first of all, they, they, they said, um, let us get involved, we'll help you. And then um, the Israelites said, no, no, we want to do this on our own. And then, of course, they became very opposed to it. And so there was a lot of opposition to it. And I think that that sort of was a bit of a stumbling block for them. That mm. They got stuck. Yeah. And I, I guess things like COVID are a bit like that as well. Yeah, it's easy to get stuck. Mm. It's it's tricky to get unstuck, but that's where that persistence and obviously God's message comes in here as, like you said, a bit of rejuvenation and mm. encouragement yeah. into that. Yeah, I guess there were some hard words, but there was also some uh, encouraging words that Haggai has to say here as well. Absolutely. Um, so going on from... Um, uh, what we were talking about there, we focused on a few uh, phrases last week. Uh, I, I know you were talking about thus says the Lord mm-hmm. and the word of the Lord and things like that. Um, just give us a recap on those things. Yeah, so as you said, thus says the Lord came up a few times, the word of the Lord and declares the Lord, which I love declarations. They're so powerful and great. But we talked about how in this book we're seeing a God who longs to communicate with his people and but that and for me that repetition of that this is what God is saying. God is saying to you and God is declaring over you, it's it sounds intentional rather than saying it just once. God said and then just yammering off. But that reminder of this is God. God is speaking, not me, this is him. He's talking to you. It's a message for you. Um, and I quite liked that imagery. And then the other key um, phrase that we looked at was consider your ways and how the original language, so Hebrew, uh, gave the word consider a far deeper meaning than a passive, which is how you know we use consider for like deep thought, but it is quite passive. You're not really doing anything when you're considering something, rather mm. the Hebrew word sum, uh, suggested action rather than just thought. And I, I think we talked about um, you know people who, if you're going to make a big purchase like a car, a vehicle, mm. and uh, some people will deliberate, they will get all the specifications, read all the reviews. To me, that's sort of the type of consideration that God is asking here. He's, he's saying, take this seriously. <laughs> don't don't yes. just uh, have a passing thought about it. 
Mm. Yes, and then do something about it. Don't just think about it. Do something as Mm. a result. Take action. Don't buy the car, buy the car, whatever it is. Take action. Yeah. And And then, yeah, of course, uh, there's there's work to be involved in doing that research and that, Mm. um, you know, that consideration. So, yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, verse 12 onward. Yes, we had verse 12 onward. We had the Israelites heard God's message through Haggai and they were moved by it and they hearts were stirred and they actually repented and set about responding to God's call, which I really like that this chapter, you know, we're halfway through the book, but we already see a call and response immediately. They're taking action, they're being intentional and, you know, it's not just like at the end of the book and that's the resolution. And I mean, it kind of gives you a little bit of insight and a bit of a, you know, foreshadowing, like we've just said they don't get very far and they get a little discouraged and like that's okay but we know it'll somehow be resolved and we're going to discuss today how you know what happens next how does it get resolved do they hit a wall and stay there you know what's god going to do how's he going to come through i love uh, the verse 14 which i think is the last verse of chapter one um, I'm just reading here from the New Living Translation. It says, so the Lord sparked enthusiasm um, mm. or sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel, son of Sheatiel, governor of Judah, and the enthusiasm of Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people. They began to work on the house of their God, the Lord of Heaven's armies, on September 21 of the second year of King Darius's reign. This has um, obviously been translated into our calendar here, but this this idea that there's, you know, the Holy Spirit sparked enthusiasm in this people. Mm. They got enthused to go and do something and to, to work hard at it. And, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, they actually do finalise the building. So in 18 years, they've got the foundations built, and in the next four, they completed the whole building. That's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a massive success rate. <laughs> I think uh, I think their enthusiasm. If you looked at it uh, these days with a house, obviously the foundation is very important, but it doesn't uh, take as long as building the rest of the house. So. No, that's right. Can I quickly make a note? Yeah. I believe that um, enthusiasm, that word, I think I've heard it somewhere, where it actually means to be filled or to be like filled by God. So mm. like imagine like the amount of like inspiration they must have had. To be to have mm. that spark of enthusiasm to just happen, mm. and yeah, and they were clearly the motivated again to to go and build it and get it done. Yeah. So it's definitely something that we need. Mm. <laughs> We've got a question for you today, and this is a live program. We'd love to hear from you. We can share your answer on air today if you text us in. Our question today is: Do you have any glory days you look back on to remind yourself of God's faithfulness? We'd love to hear what they are. Um, perhaps you've had some you know, positive experiences where God's been with you. And it's really important to remember those things, uh, particularly if we're facing difficult times. So to look back, to look at how God has been with us and has brought us through those times. So to share, share with us today, text us in on 0488 That's our Tassie Encounters show number, 0488 Double eight zero eight nine one. This is Write Them on My Heart by Malita Fong. You have written what you want from me in stone, a reflection of your character, O oh Lord. 
there's only one desire inside of me It's to be everything you've created me to be And I know the only way that I can grow Is for you to come inside and take control Reveals your grace Love's the motivation Behind your perfect ways So write them on my heart Seal them in my mind The beauty of your love and grace Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Natalie Moore on the topic of uh, Chapter Two of Haggai, and uh, our title is "There's Something About Haggai, Part Two. Now, before the break, we did ask you a question: Do you have any glory days? In inverted commas, do you have any glory days that you look back on to remind yourself of God's faithfulness? We'd love to hear from you today. Share with us what glory days you have. Has God blessed you in a particular time? Perhaps it was a challenging time. Share with us on 0488880891. A particular time that you remember, that you look back on, to remember how faithful God has been in your life. We'd love to hear from you. It's a live program today, so we can share that with others as well if you text us in soon. Now, uh, we're going to cover chapter 2 and uh, we did read it through last week but I think we should read it again. What do you think Natalie? Absolutely agree. So uh, let's get uh, Carmelina to read <laughs> verses 1 to 9 of Haggai chapter 2. Okay Haggai chapter oh, thank you. <laughs> oh no. Okay Haggai chapter 2 verses 1 to 9. This is from the New International Version. In the seventh month on the 21st day of the month the word of the Lord came by the hand of ha- came by the hand of Haggai the prophet.
Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, O son of Jehozadak, Jehozadak, sorry, the high priest. Be strong, you all, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work for, work for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit. My spirit remains in your midst, fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth, and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Thanks, Carmelina, for tackling that passage, which has all the difficult names in it. Uh, I, need, I should have practiced those. <laughs> <laughs> um, interestingly, yesterday, we're going to go on and read the rest of this in a moment, but uh, yesterday we had a discussion after our radio program with David Maxwell, and he gave us a tip when it comes to pronouncing these um, Hebrew names. And he said, if you count the vowels that are distinct uh, sounding vowels back from the end of the word, the third last vowel is where you put the emphasis. So that gives you some um, guidance as to how to pronounce some of these names, but I think still we probably get them wrong half the time. GLTL is still going to be really hard because there's all the vowels. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Zerubbabel, maybe that's a bit easier. Yeah, Zerubbabel. and Jehozadak, so the, the, the emphasis is on the O. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I thought that started with a Z. I just kept going Zerozadak. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's all good. Let's keep reading Haggai chapter 2, and I'm going to read from verse 10 uh, through to verse 19. It says, On the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, or Darius, uh, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Ask the priests about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priests answered and said, No. Then Haggai said, If someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priest answered and said, It does become unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, so is, it, so is it with the people, and with this nation before me, declares the Lord, and so with every work of their hands. And what they offer there, what they offer there is unclean. Now then, consider from this day onward. Before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When one came to a heap of twenty measures, there were but ten. When one came to the wine vat to draw fifty measures, there were but twenty. 
I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day onward, from the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. And uh, Carmelina is going to read the last uh, few verses from 20 to 23. Yes, 20 to 23. Here we go. The word of the Lord came a second time to Haggai on the 24th day of the month. <clears throat> Excuse me. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth and to, the, and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I am about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders. And the horses and their riders shall go down, every one by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shiltiel, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. Okay. I like the last one. <laughs> 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 that was not too but bad. <laughs> there's some interesting uh, interesting stuff in there. Have you got mm. any just uh, comments before we go to our next section? Um, we've got a few minutes, but uh, would you like to just start to comment on that, Natalie? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we open with God asking his people to think back to the glory days, which is obviously where our listener question yeah. comes in today. He's reminding them of God's temple before the exile, and it was an amazing structure, and the people were likely expecting to be able to rebuild something similar, but without the team and the funding and the time, it was looking like a massive undertaking. But it's important to note too um there was a date provided in this very first verse, and that's significant. So to us, it doesn't really mean much. And when it's translated, it's like the 21st of September, which, again, we're like, whatevs. <laughs> but to the Hebrews, it was sort of like saying the 25th of December. You know, everyone goes, oh, Christmas, right. It's, it's significant. So for them, in this case, it was actually the last day of the Feast of Booths or Tabernacles. And so this holiday was a time of reflection and celebration of God's provision for his people. And it was actually instated to remember God's faithfulness during the Israelites wandering in the wilderness when God's people lived in tents, hence the name, the Feast of Tents, Booths, Tabernacles, depending on the translation. And interestingly, too, I found out that Solomon's temple was also dedicated during the time of this feast, generations before this message was being passed on at this time of this holiday in Haggai's time. Oh. And so I feel like God was very intentional in when he came to bring this particular message to his people. It was his holy and perfect time to remind them. Um, and so he's kind of asking them, like, you know, not only are you, am I asking you to look back on the temple that was and not really get discouraged by what it was, you're making something new, but, you know, that was able to happen, something will be able to happen from here on. But also when he was giving this message of, you've just spent, you know, several days remembering and celebrating how I provided for you, you know, leaving Egypt 
and wandering the wilderness, you know, the manna, the quail, like all of the provisions, the water from the rock, all these different ways that God has been faithful. And here you are coming out of exile. God's still been faithful. And so he's kind of saying, hey, look back on the glory days. Go to your highlights reel of how I've been faithful and let that encourage you that right now you might feel a little unmotivated, a little discouraged, a little distracted, but refocus, readjust, and you'll be able to continue on with this project. And as we know, it took 18 years to lay the foundation and took four years to build the whole structure. Mm. So clearly they needed that motivation. (laughs) They Mm. did, for sure. And uh, it's... It's amazing when we reconnect with the power of God what, what can happen. It really truly is. Mm. Um, remember our question today, do you have any glory days that you look back on to remind yourself of God's faithfulness? We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Now, later in the program, we've got a book offer today. It's called The Power of a Promise. And uh, that number that I just gave you, 0488-880-891, is the same number that you can uh, text in a code to claim your copy of that book. So uh, we'll give that later in a bit more detail about our book offer. Right now, this is uh, In God's Perfect Time by the Clark Family. God's promise Isaac proved Nothing is impossible Martha wept by the tomb Of Lazarus Oh, but death lost When life spoke A miracle In God's perfect time He's never been He's never been late. 
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Natalie Moore on the series Connecting the Dots. And uh, we've been talking with Natalie about Haggai, and in particular Haggai Chapter 2. We've had a couple of uh, text messages come in this morning. Uh, Would you like to share the first one? Our question today was, do you have any glory days that you look back on to remind yourself of God's faithfulness? And uh, we've got a first uh, message from Mark. Yes, Mark has texted in and he says, My glory days reaffirm that God called me as a man in my early 20s and gave me his Holy Spirit when I was baptised. It's only taken me 40 years of wondering to get to the point where I am now. and where he hears his voice through the word. His promises are real. I I truly am discovering my identity in Christ. Faith FM has been a huge vessel to bring me to this point. I've been listening now every day for five years. Wow. That's amazing, Mark. You're you're doing better than me. (laughs) We We almost need to send like a... A prize or a we, gift we, to yes. thank you for your faithful we, listening. We need to send a special uh, special something to Mark. We've got another one come in from Marcus. Now, I don't know if this Marcus might be connected with you, Natalie, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> you, you can tell us. But um, uh, Marcus says, uh, seeing God answer prayers for a last-minute boat transfer we needed on a holiday in Bali. Oh. Do, is that connected with you, Natalie, or is it a different Marcus? No, that's my Marcus. That's, that's your Marcus. <laughs> that's my Marcus. Okay. Yes. Very yeah, good. Years ago, Marcus. back in, I think it was 2015, <coughs> we were in Bali and we needed to get to another island and there was it just seemed like it was impossible to get a boat. Um, and we were out of our accommodation. It was just a little bit stressful and I went into a panic fluster and I remember Marcus hugging me and I kept trying to talk to him because I am someone clearly who never knows when to stop talking. He went, shh, I'm praying. <laughs> and literally two minutes later, I got a message on my phone saying, yes, we can do a boat transfer for you. Oh, um, and for, you know, within our budget too. So it was quite quite good Mm. well thanks for sharing Mark and Marcus Uh, thanks for texting us in today now we're going to unpack this chapter that we've just read so let's get into that because we're going to run out of time if we don't (laughs) (laughs) if we focus on glory days too long (laughs) yeah yeah so we talked about verse 1 and 2 a little bit so I want to jump over into verse 4 and 5 where God is saying what he says Often, and we've heard it in Joshua, we've heard it through the Psalms, um, and he's saying, be strong, be strong, basically be courageous, and I am with you. Do not fear. Um, I particularly like that we see that echoed throughout the Bible constantly. It doesn't matter, like I said, if it's in Psalms, if it's in Joshua, if it's in Isaiah, we hear it. It's a, it's a reminder that I think we all need all of the time, especially in our society where more and more people seem to be diagnosed with anxiety and with depression and really struggling and they just seem to be in this bubble of being lost. These reminders are quite uh, relevant even for us today. And many mm. of the prophetic books in the Old Testament send that message of repent and return. And Haggai is also doing this, but he's also phrasing it and catching it in hope. It's return to me. I am with you. 
Mm. You don't need to be afraid. Mm. Come back. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to condemn you. Come back. Let's work through this and let's move forward together is the message that God is giving through Haggai. It's a beautiful uh, saying, you know, the way they've written it there, my spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. Mm. So we know that when God is with us, we don't need to fear. That's right. It's amazing. And then six to nine, that's an interesting little bit of uh, this passage here where it talks about shaking of the heavens and earth. What yeah. Do, what do you think about those verses? Well, I I um, I didn't give too much attention to this because I know that you've got some <laughs> thoughts on the area, but I suppose what stood out for me is that we come to these verses and we hear God telling his people what he will do for their project. Mm. Um, and it's a bit of a flashback as well and a reminder of what he's done in the past, but God's glory will shine through this project and a great promise of peace um, is that's echoed through the Bible is stated here again, that he mm. will give peace in this place. And we know that it's a, yeah, I like these four simple verses of it's, this is what I've done in the past. This is what I'm doing now. This is what I'll do in the future, short term future and long term in the distant future as well. Mm. Uh, but you, before the program started, we had a short chat and you said you uh, had some thoughts on these verses too. Yeah. When, when I see the, the words, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land to me, that's sort of uh, some sort of judgment. And, um, I know from history that uh, the temple was actually destroyed again before uh, being rebuilt again by King King Herod. Um, I think it was destroyed again. Um, But but interestingly, there's this this picture of some sort of judgment. So I'm not sure exactly, you know, whether this is a specific time or whether it's a general thing. We know, for example, at the second coming, there's going to be a judgment. But the interesting thing is that it goes on to say that the latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former. And the interesting thing is that I don't think it was ever, the temple was ever as glorious as it was in the days of Solomon in Mm. physical material things. And yet what we know is that Jesus came and he spoke in that temple, he was dedicated in that temple, and he prophesied in that temple. And so... Perhaps this is talking about um, the real glory that we have through Jesus Christ who uh, did actually come to that temple and, of course, mm. um, continues his ministry today in the heavenly temple as well. So perhaps this is talking about uh, Jesus himself. Yes, I really like too that you, I mean, that, you know, it's sometimes hard to read the Old Testament and there are some clear moments where you have that foreshadowing or, you know, pointing to Jesus. But then sometimes you read like these Old Testament minor prophets and you go, where is he? Like, I'm just not seeing it. But here it's specifically talking about the temple. It's talking about God granting peace. And you can make those connections really beautifully, especially then when Jesus talks about, you know, destroying the temple and rebuilding it in three days, but he's not Mm. talking about the physical temple that he's in. He's He's talking talking about about his body. Mm. And then later on we hear, you know, our bodies are the temple of God, and then we have these images of the temple throughout the whole Bible of different ways that God dwells with his people and in his people. Mm. Now, verse 10 to 19, there's some things here that talks about touching the garments of the priest and whether things become holy by touching them, whether the other food becomes holy. And then it talks about um, if uh, somebody who is unclean comes into uh, uh, contact with a dead body, 
um, do they become unclean if they if they touch that? And this is an interesting bit of scripture, and, and I know you've got some thoughts on that too. <laughs> so I remember reading this and listening to like the audio Bible and going, I'm so confused. Like, mm. what are they talking about? And I, it was hard for me to track with the verse because, as you said, there's talk of clean and unclean foods and dead bodies and, like, what is going on here? Um, And it's kind of easy to skim over these verses and just move on, which I think we often do when we read the Bible and you're reading, you know, chapters or portions of the Bible and you go, I don't get it, just move on and keep going. And you just stick to the verses that you like, that you feel comfortable with. Um, But I think that this has merit and value for our lives as well. So God is basically asking his people a question. And the reason why he's asking it is beyond just getting the right answer, because they're giving the right answers. Mm. Um, It's more so about getting understanding of what the question means and what is actually happening here. So in the book of Leviticus, um, the people are told and we are told that a priest could carry holy meat that was being dedicated or that had been dedicated for offerings in his garment and that apparently the meat that had been made holy, basically um, dedicated, touching the garment would make the garment holy. But the garment itself wouldn't be able to then touch something else and make that other thing holy. Like it doesn't, it doesn't translate doesn't to the third on. degree. Yeah. For, yeah, it's mm. just like okay, this was touched and this is now holy, but it doesn't keep going. Mm. The garment itself wasn't holy but it was just by association with that holy meat if you will mm. and i know that for us sometimes it's like why are we talking about meat mm. i just don't believe in meat okay this is not adventist times this is hebrew times clean and unclean meat kosher foods so yes there were sacrifices and whatnot uh and so it's a little confusing but bear with me because the priests know the answer to this that no the garment doesn't make anything else holy it's just holy by association and then Haggai asks the second question without kind of unpacking that for the people there. And, and therefore, I mean, they probably knew, but for us, it's like, wait, how can you move on? We don't understand. They understood this is written for them, not us. But he moves on with, if someone touches a dead body and therefore becomes unclean, do the things that that person touches then become unclean? And the answer that they give is a resounding yes, that And basically trying to show here that uncleanness and, I guess, sin is far more contagious than cleanness and holiness. And the people, and we too, are reminded that we're weak and unclean and we're sort of, you know, to use our um, sort of Christianese dead in sin phrase. And they, like we, need a heart change and we need to come into direct contact with God to be made clean and alive But God is also making a declaration here of blessing, that even on this unclean people, he would grant them blessing. That even though they're messing up, making mistakes, taking him for granted, and they tried to go it alone, God declares from this day on, regardless of all that, I will bless you. Mm. Fantastic. We have to go to another break. We've got our book off of today. It's called The Power of Promise. Uh, it's a story of God's love, faithfulness and commitment to save fallen humanity. The book highlights God's side of the promise as the everlasting covenant. Woven from many covenants throughout scripture, God's one everlasting covenant forges a perfect, beautiful, lasting bond between the eternal God and us, his children. God is already committed to his side of the promise, but have you? This is our book offer for today, and uh, we'll give you the code straight after the break. Right now, this is Here He Comes by Melissa Otto.
Fighting with a fierce love, a love stronger than death. My true one sought in the stillness of night, gentle and quiet. His voice assured me again, child, I'm not finished yet. Let your heart rest. I won't let you slip through my fingers. Here he comes, riding on a white horse to pull me out from the midst of my enemy. Stronger than death, my true one. He holds me, oh, he holds me so closely. I am his, and by his grace, he is mine. No power can loosen his grip on me. I'm so tightly held by his mighty. With a fierce love, a love stronger than death. My true one, if I say my fault is slipping, your mercy, oh Lord, holds me up in the multitude. You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and today we're finishing up our program with Natalie Moore on the topic of There's Something About Haggai and we're on Chapter 2 and Part 2 of this program today. Now, before the break, we talked about our book offer today. It's called The Power of a Promise and uh, we have uh, various copies. I can't remember how many we've got to give away. Do you remember, Carmelina? Um, I think there is uh, many copies, actually. Many copies, yes. okay. I think this one doesn't have... I think it's about 40. Okay, yeah. so this is good. We'll, yes. have to, we'll have to double-check that. But anyway, we've got yeah. many copies to give away. Many copies to give away. The code for today's offer is CONNECT27. I'll get Carmelina to look that up uh, in the meantime yes, just to confirm how many look. copies we've got. I'll double-check. CONNECT27. 0488880891 is the number. Connect 27. Text that in. No spaces. Connect it, uh, text it into 0488880891. Now, uh, before the break, we were just uh, reviewing some of the passage. I think uh, one of the key um, things that you said there, Natalie, um, that stood out to me is that uncleanness is far more contagious than holiness and I think that is so true it's so easy for us to catch up on or catch uh, bad habits catch uh, and be influenced by things that are not of God 
Um, I think it takes more focus and more effort to really focus on the things of God. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to take that saying away from me. So thank you for that. <laughs> He's going to steal it. Mm. <laughs> Go for God. I, full disclosure, probably stole it from someone myself. That's all right. <laughs> so we've got a few more verses to catch up on um, before we wrap up our, our program. So would you like to give us a, a quick uh, summary of the last few verses from about verse 19? Yes, so I guess here again we go, we've got the, uh, sorry, I'm just trying to find it in my Bible. Here we go. Um, but yeah, basically God is saying, despite all of the things, all of the decisions you made along the way, I will bless you. And, you know, even though you know your crops weren't thriving and this and that, like this is all happening, but this is all undone, you know, you will, you will be blessed you will have what you need, I will provide, as I have in the past, I will, onward. Um, And the book ends with a promise of a new beginning. And this message came on the day when the foundation of the temple was to be laid, and the blessing promised in verse 19 would extend beyond the physical blessings of the crops and material things, and it would extend to the promised Messiah that would come. And again, as I mentioned earlier in the previous section, here we have this um, tentative link to Jesus that, you know, it's not saying the name of Jesus, but what I really like here is the very last portion of the book is addressed to Zerubbabel, mm. the governor of Judah. And we know that Jesus came from the line of Judah. And if you um, bear with me, you'll hear how Zerubbabel has anything to do with that because it's not a name we hear <laughs> mostly through the Bible. You just hear him a couple of times here and there. But God uses... Um, familiar imagery from the Exodus. Again, we mentioned that earlier with that bit of shaking um, and, you know, his provisions and all these reminders. But he's using that imagery again, that he's overturning royal thrones and overthrowing the chariots and their drivers and the horses and their riders, etc., etc. And, you know, it's a great, amazing movement and action on God's part to bring safety and provision to his people. But then is the question of, okay, what has this got to do with Zerubbabel? (laughs) Like, why are we talking about him? And we find out that he would actually be instrumental in rebuilding the temple and overseeing the whole project. But God was also using him as an example of a far greater governor and the ultimate servant, the one who was chosen before the foundation of the world, which we're told in 1 Peter 1 verse 20. He's talking and pointing to Jesus, that Jesus would be the signet and the symbol of kingship and royal reign forever. And, you know, as I said, some we don't really hear the name Zerubbabel very often throughout the Bible. He's not like a key character in many, many stories or many, many chapters. His name pops up a few times in the Old Testament. But interestingly, his name also shows up in the New Testament. And no, he didn't live long enough to pop up physically in the New Testament. But through the line of David um, came Zerubbabel, several generations after David. And then about 10 generations later, Jesus would actually be born into this line and through the line of Zerubbabel. So, you know, this unexpected humble servant Governor of Judah, Zerubbabel, would bring about another humble and very unexpected servant of the world, and that is Jesus. 
And basically, that brings us to the end of the book of Haggai. It's a short mm. book, but it's packed with beautiful truths and reminders for us even today. Mm. So, uh, how would you summarize the message of Haggai? I was going to ask you that. Well, okay. I'll give my answer, then you can give yours. Um, <laughs> Kami can have that too. <laughs> yeah. For me, I think um, it's about, it really, it comes back to the passage in Matthew 6, verse 33, that says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Um, when we When we give the right attention to God, he mm. will uh, He will give us what we need. He will bless us, and uh, we have to make sure that our focus is on Jesus and not on other things that distract us and take us away from uh, from that relationship with God. So that, that's the key message that I get. I'm sure there are many others. <laughs> I suppose some of the um, summaries I suppose I'd get is those key phrases of consider your ways, think and respond be active in your pursuits and you know what you're doing and also that reminder that you know that we have throughout the bible fear not i am with you even when you make a mistake it's okay i'm with you and he longs to dwell with us and that's a really comforting message too that god longs to be part of our lives and with us in the day to day and he doesn't want to leave us you know just out there figuring things out now and he wants to be involved but also that he won't press himself on us he gives us the space to choose Mm. uh, and just faithfully waits until we basically make the right choice if you will Mm. as well i guess perhaps too you know uh, in our relationship with god are we lacking the enthusiasm that we need you know and this message of haggai to me Mm. uh, really is a message of encouragement and uh, something that if we Again, I think we we do have to turn our face toward God, but um, we can be enthused, we can be excited, we can have the energy uh, to to do what God really wants us to do and uh, and be productive in His kingdom. Mm. Absolutely, I think it also reminds us that um, we have been called by God. Like mm. um, I love that last um, you know verse twenty three in chapter two of Haggai. You know it says. Um, I'll ma- I make you like a signet ring. I've chosen you. You're marked for me. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of the times we forget that we are called by God and we have a mission. So that's, uh, you know, the way to kind of stay encouraged and stay inspired with them is to remember the mission and to recall why we've been called. Mm. So, yeah, that's, ha- that's what I got from it. <laughs> Natalie, I want to thank you for this study on Haggai. I, I really appreciated it. I've, I've uh, learned much from it. And it's amazing how some of these little books in the Old Testament can uh, give us such insight into even where we sit today because I, I see so much parallel between where we are today and the time of uh, Haggai when he was talking to the Israelites there. Um, Thanks. Next week we're on Connecting the Dots. We've got uh, Billy Martinez, and he's a new uh, pastor in Tasmania, and he's going to share about his journey into ministry. So do join us next Friday. And on Monday we've got Mark Falconer joining us again on our Encounters with Jesus. And uh, his topic is going to be, Is Jesus Really Serious About Us Living as Light? Thanks for joining us today. It's been great to have you, Natalie. And uh, wherever you are listening from today, may God be with you. This is Who Am I by Kayla Hopkins.
This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.